Hey everyone, welcome back. Today, we're gonna to talk about performance reviews. I was asked a question on LinkedIn. This person said, Christy, when is the ideal time for performance reviews and what should be the structure? 360 review, KPI, an appraisal like discussion, like what? What do we do here? How do we do this right? And I said, I'm so glad you asked because listen, performance reviews are outdated. They are a relic of how the work used to get done and how we used to measure human, nuanced, emotional, beautiful souls against revenue. And yes, you need to make sure your people are doing their job to the best of their ability and that they're equipped to do it, but a performance review is not the way to do it. And I'm gonna tell you why. According to some data I found, which I will link out to in the show notes, 90% of people in HR think that reviews have inaccurate information. 88% of managers believe time invested in reviews is not valuable. And 58% of executives say reviews don't drive success. Probably the most important statistic is 80% of employees say they don't look forward to or full out dread, dread the days leading up to performance reviews. And it affects their productivity in the three days leading up and the three business days after. <gasps> what are we doing to our people? Why are we doing this? So, okay, Christy, we can't just throw out our entire feedback-based like process. Like, what do we do? I'll tell you. Performance-based feedback needs to be timely. That's why I say all the time, managers need to be an extension of you and having regular one-on-ones with their people. I have some content I can link out to, a webinar I've done and some other episodes about the structure of a proper one-on-one -on -one format. Managers need enough time in their day, in their week, in their month, in their quarter to not have to be an individual contributor and a manager. But that's often what happens at companies. It's like the high performer gets promoted and then that person gets more money and they're like, yes. But then you're like, you still have to do your job and now you manage all these people. And they're like, no. So managers need the time and space to do their job, which is to manage. And a lot of managers don't get training. You should invest in management training regularly, monthly to walk managers through like what difficult discussions could look like. What are the soft skills you need for, for this role? You need to be an effective communicator. You need to be empathetic. You need to be able to actively listen. Managers need to show up and be prepared for their one-on-ones according to my perfect agenda. Here's my perfect agenda from a webinar I had. A one-on-one -on -one should occur regularly, ongoing. It's like part of the fabric of your culture of each team and each manager is taught how to do this. They should start with an icebreaker. The manager asks something that is meant to get to know the employee. It's not like, let's do something quirky and weird because um, some people need that. No, the goal is to like learn more about who the person is outside of work so that the manager has more context and the manager needs to ask the question too. So something as simple as like, if you were famous, what would you be famous for? I have a whole list of icebreakers I can put in the show notes, but your, your managers need to start it off lighthearted. Then you do a goal check-in. Hey, you're on track for this goal, but this one's behind. How can I help? Notice I didn't say like, what's wrong with you or what's going on here? The manager is supposed to be their coach, not up in their ivory tower, like shouting orders. They're supposed to be down boots on the ground with them. Like, Hey, it doesn't look like you're going to make it. I'm going to make sure you make it. What do you need? That's the mindset. It's not like, go, what's wrong with you? It's like, no, if you're not being successful, that's an extension of me. I'm here to fix that. My job is to remove roadblocks and, and help you think through new solutions and ideas. 
After the goal check-in, then the manager is supposed to ask targeted open-ended questions where maybe they have a hypothesis about something the employee might be struggling with, or there's an issue on the team or the way the work's getting done or how people are interacting with each other. So they should be asking questions like, what would you change about your workload if you could? What's one thing you would change about how the work gets done? What's something you're working on that you feel isn't important? And what do you do to recharge? Because questions like that are like, are you burned out? Because they might say, I don't recharge. I'm working 24-7. The open-ended questions are meant to pressure test. And you, as the HR or people ops person, can tell your managers on a monthly basis, hey, our last engagement survey said that people were very burned out. That was one of the patterns. Will you please ask some of these questions in your one-on-one so that we can get more information and report back to us? Not like a witch hunt. It is meant to be everyone's supporting each other and everyone's coming back to you, dear listener, with data for you to get more information. You can also send pulse surveys for that, but your managers are an extension of you. When they ask employees these open-ended questions, it's like, hey, is there something I'm doing that's maybe not working on the team? That's what a good manager does. Then you give them appreciation, some kind of something they've done well. Hey, I hear a lot about how much people love working with you. And I've learned from this conversation that we just need to make sure you're feeling taken care of and you have a realistic workload. (sighs) You want to talk about driving engagement. You couldn't be there for that. You can't make sure that happens. That was the manager that did that, but they need to know to do it. And then any action items. So they wrap up with, I'll explore ways to make our weekly team meeting more effective or like, Hey, you're going to book a vacation and I'm going to hold you to it. You need to take some PTO. So it's the goal check-in part toward the beginning that performance-based feedback can be given. Hey, you're not on track to meet this goal, but I've also noticed You haven't been running this report that you're supposed to be running. Like, let's talk about that. Is it too hard? Is it not clear? Do we need to revisit like what it's for? Like, you're not in trouble. Clearly, I didn't explain something or like walk you through it in a way that was what you needed. So let's revisit it. It's all good. It's during the goal check-in and open-ended questions that give the manager a chance to give feedback. Or it's like, when you ask them, what's something you work, you're working on that doesn't feel important? Well, I hate this one report. It's really annoying and I hate pulling it. It's like, okay, well, maybe we could optimize what that report is, but um, that's a chance to give feedback that's like, there are people relying on this report and maybe the, a way that we can make it more fun is to give you a chance to present it. I know you love presenting. If you're not doing this thing that we need you to do, how can we make it more fit into your strengths and make it more enjoyable for you? Feedback can always be like, hey, you're not doing the thing, but I'm here to support working through with you to like figure out how to get you to do the thing. Because that's my job. I'm your coach. I'm your mentor. When you do performance-based feedback reviews, employees are terrified. The managers are exhausted because if they have a bunch of direct reports, they're like trying to pull from their head, like what has everyone worked on? I haven't been keeping track because I'm so busy, like how to psychoanalyze everyone on the team and tell them what they can be doing better and what they've done great. Like most managers probably go skim their email and like look back on like old Trello boards or monday.com boards. And that's not a good use of their time. So employees are anxiously awaiting this like smack in the face they're about to get because everyone always gets some kind of feedback. But when it's not timely, which means like the feedback doesn't come from the regular one-on-one, which is more recent to when the feedback probably makes sense. The employees like, you think I talk too much in meetings? How long have you thought this? Why didn't you tell me? That's what every employee is thinking. 
it's traumatizing them. It's not a good experience. And it really, really sinks your engagement scores, whether you're measuring or not, it's happening. Employees need to be told in real time by managers who act like coaches what performance-based feedback they need to hear. If I didn't mow my lawn six months ago and you came knocking on my door and you were like, hey, you're not a very good person. (laughs) Six months ago, you didn't mow your lawn and it looked terrible and everybody was thinking it. And I just wanted to coach you and tell you that like you need to do better. I would be like, what? What are you talking about? I was sick that week or like I was probably out of the, I think that was when I was out of the country. Like what? But if my lawn isn't mowed and you come up and ring my doorbell because you notice and I come to the door sick and I'm like, I'm a single mom of two kids. That's why my lawn isn't mowed because I don't have a landscaper. You might be like, oh, can I mow your lawn? Like, what can I do to help? Like my neighbor's son mows lawns. Do you want, I can get him to come over and mow your lawn for you. That's the difference. And I'm like, oh my gosh, thank you. Yeah, because I don't like that my lawn doesn't look great either, but I can't, you know, If I tell you six months ago that you talk too much in a meeting, you're going to be like, you're a jerk. But if I tell you right after a meeting in a session, that's just us, that's safe. And I can say, how do you feel about that meeting? And you're like, oh, it takes forever. And it's like, yeah, I think we could do things to be more efficient. I noticed something that I want to coach you through that I think you would really benefit from yada, 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 insert advice about how to help the employee be a better active listener. Tell your managers, let me slide away to get a book. Hold on. Two books. Perfect Phrases for Managers and Supervisors, and 101 Tough Conversations to Have with Employees. These two books are not meant to be read cover to cover, but this could be your monthly workshop. You pick a chapter from this book and you walk the managers through like, how would you handle this situation? Let's talk about it. You also just want your managers to have something on hand that's like a guide, like a dictionary, like an encyclopedia. Remember when those were a thing? Hey, Gen Z kids, we uh, used to have to look up things in books. We did not have the Googs, okay? But there's like scenarios in these books and like a very detailed table of contents that's like, when this happens, when this happens, when this happens, when this happens, gossip, whiners, complainers, poor listening skills, failure to communicate upward, bullying, email misuse, foul language, inferior job knowledge, lack of technical skills, poor time management, substandard written expression, That's one I've been coached on. (laughs) Thank God I podcast now and make videos because I do not translate well in written form. I I do not like writing emails or Slack messages. I can't stand it. I send people videos whenever I can. Lack of quantity or speed, lack of quality, detail, lack of production, substandard customer satisfaction. I mean, those are all things that would come out in a performance review that your managers can be equipped to have real-time discussions in their one-on-ones. Your employees are looking to their managers 70% of the time as to like what makes up what it's like to work at your company. That's data that is from Gallup that is proven. You cannot drive engagement by yourself, but by eliminating things like performance reviews and you coach your managers to give real-time feedback in the proper setting, you'll have like rapid improvements with people's skill sets, their engagement levels, how the work gets done, productivity. People are just going to feel like the company's invested in them and that their manager cares about them as a person which is um, in the middle of the employee hierarchy of needs, which I talk about all the time. So when it comes to figuring out someone's salary, that's usually what performance reviews have been for historically. It's like, am I going to get a raise? Instead, 
It should be goal-based assessment where you shift the focus from their annual performance review to goal-oriented assessments quarterly. You need to set clear, measurable goals for each employee. And those align with their job responsibilities and ladder up to team goals and ladder up to company goals. You regularly review their progress in their one-on-ones to their goals, and then you provide feedback on their achievements. And when they consistently meet or exceed their goals, it indicates they're ready for a salary increase. Um, You don't always have to have like a, when you reach this, you get $10,000 more dollars. You know, this is where career mapping comes in, where you outline salaries really clearly, but most companies are never going to be ready for career mapping. They're just still on the bottom of the basic needs where people don't even know what's expected of them. But um, goals are a thing to point to when salary is in question, if it's time for a raise. Always be doing market research to be making sure that you are paying according to industry standards and salary benchmarks for similar roles and in your sector and compare responsibilities, experience and skills with the industry averages or salary ranges on LinkedIn. If an employee's contributions and capabilities exceed what's typically expected at their current salary level, it might be appropriate to offer them a raise. It's sometimes a case-by-case basis, but most of the time, if you pay people decently and like their manager is really taking great psychologically good care of the team and it's a safe environment and people are getting real-time feedback and being told what they're doing great, where they can grow and how the manager is going to help. I don't think your people are going to be like, I need more money. Most people, they're they're like, I just didn't want to work for a toxic company and I'm having a great time. This is a much better experience. So yeah, sometimes you're going to need to do revisit salary. But when when an employee asks for that, you should have a philosophy in place. Like we do goal-based assessment. We make sure that we are giving competitive market research, benchmarked salaries. We look into this. And if an employee is just like, I've worked here for five years, I want $50,000 more, you can say, okay, thank you for telling us that. No. <laughs> but if you want to work with us to outline like what your job will grow into, like you don't just get more money just for being here forever, but you can become excellent at what you do. If you want more money, we would need to look into like other skills and competency assessments and evaluate you on new competencies and what other professional development you're willing to do. And then we monitor your growth in these areas. And we look for increased proficiency and expanded knowledge when you demonstrate growth and your enhanced capabilities. But you don't just get a $20,000, $30,000, $40,000 increase because you've been here for five years. That's not how that works. You want more money, you need to, to get more skills. But like we hear you, what kind of role do you want to grow into? And we'll see if we have a need for that at this organization, or we can help you find that role at another company, manage them out. That's okay. Most of the time they'll be like, ah, I just wanted to see if I could get something. Just be very, very clear with managers, like with these books and like have a philosophy when someone does ask for a raise, there's probably, I know there's a chapter in one of the, one of these books. I've seen it. I don't know exactly what page it's on, but one of them is like when someone asks for a salary increase, but they're, they're like showing no indication or if they are how to figure out what's next. So it's unique for every company, but the big main takeaway for this today is don't do performance reviews because it sinks the productivity of your managers. It traumatizes your employees and it just breeds a whole lot of disengagement and causes a lot of hurt feelings. And that's not good for business. That's not what drives revenue. Stop doing performance reviews (laughs) and train your managers to act more like coaches because I think your managers will enjoy that too. You need to give them permission to do more of the managing side and the, the shepherding of the people on their team, taking great care of those in their care and making sure that they don't get stuck in the undertow of being an individual contributor because they can't do both and always deviate toward doing the individual contributor stuff because that's what they're used to. 
that's how they probably feel they're going to keep their job and they're being put in a position to not be a good manager. So give them training, give them space to make sure they they're not having to do too much work and manage people. I would also say never let a manager manage more than eight people. That's too much. How could you possibly take great care of, of that many people and, and understand that many people on a deep personal level to where they have that like rock solid relationship? So let me know what you do at your company or if you agree with me in the YouTube comments um, or if you've also been traumatized by a performance review. I have in my early 20s. I had a performance review that was basically like, you exceed all expectations, but you talk a lot. And I was like, oh, and okay. I wasn't making very much money at all. That was one of those early jobs where you just don't have any experience. I think I was, yeah, I was making like $37,000 a year, which is totally livable. There's nothing wrong with that salary, but I had like these big aggressive personal financial goals and I was told everyone likes you. People really get energized when you're around. Your projects are always like top notch. You create net new initiatives and like you go, go, go. But you also talk a lot and you're not getting a raise. And I was just like, okay, what's the point of this exactly? I remember I walked to my car, which was like four blocks away in the hot Texas sun in August. I sat in my hot car because I could not feel temperature. I was so like numb and my ears were ringing. And I slowly reclined my driver's seat back and just cried because the experience was embarrassing. And I remember leaving with like, so what do I need to work on? I just need to not speak up. And there was no like, we're going to work with you on this or like, here's some actual feedback or actual times it happened. It was basically just like, felt like a punch in the gut or a slap in the face. And I was so embarrassed. And then other people came out of their performance reviews too, because the company just wasn't equipped and they, people were like, Oh my God, I want to quit. That was terrible. So I sat in my car for like 10, 15 minutes, pondered my own existence and was like, okay, I'm done crying. And then I went home and pretty soon later I got another job, but I just don't think that they're effective. So let me know what you think. Curious your thoughts as always, and I will see you next week. Bye.